scripture reading tonight is from Proverbs, the third chapter of Proverbs. Happy are those who find wisdom and those who get understanding, for her income is better than silver and her revenue better than gold. She is more precious than jewels and nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called happy. The Lord, by wisdom, founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the deeps broke open and the clouds dropped down in the dew. My child, do not let these escape from your sight. Keep sound wisdom and prudence, and they will be life for your soul and adornment for your neck. Then you will walk on your way securely, and your foot will not stumble. If you sit down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden panic or of the storm that strikes the wicked, for the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. Do not say to your neighbor, go and come again tomorrow, I will give it when you have it with you. Do not plan harm against your neighbor who lives trustingly beside you. Do not quarrel with anyone without cause when no harm has been done to you. Do not envy the violent and do not choose any of their ways, for the perverse are an abomination to the Lord. But the upright are in his confidence. The Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the abode of the righteous. Toward the scorners he is scornful, but to the humble he shows favor. The wise will inherit honor, but stubborn fools disgrace the word of the Lord. You know, you don't hear a lot of sermons on Proverbs. And in preparing for this sermon, I decided that that's kind of a good thing. You know, because a proverb is not really something that's designed to really be expanded on. It's, it's the nature of the proverb just to be short and straightforward. It's not mysterious. There's no hidden meaning. It's a proverb. I mean, what more can you say? Like... A fool and his money are soon parted. What can you say about that? Uh-uh. No, they're not. I mean, you just, a bird in a hand is worth two in a bush. No. Two birds that you haven't caught yet are better than one you already have. I mean, what could I do? I could examine what does the bird represent, maybe, or examine the cultural context that produced such a proverb. But that seems 
kind of silly. A stitch in time saves nine. All right, I don't even know what that one means. So, or like, the last one home is a rotten egg. No, that's not really even a proverb, I don't know, but, you know. But it seems like a proverb from the Bible surely must be different, right? Well, really, the proverbs aren't even about God. The proverbs are just kind of everyday folk wisdom. The section of the Hebrew Bible called the writings, which includes the proverbs, doesn't even really carry the same sacred weight as the five books of Moses and the prophets. So, I'm letting the nature of this text dictate the form of the sermon. That is, it will be straightforward and short. (laughs) Wisdom is true wealth. Money doesn't buy you happiness. Wisdom does. It brings you peace and honor and maybe a little wealth and a long life, a long, happy life. Who doesn't want that? Of course, the question hanging out there is, is it true that money doesn't buy you happiness? Well, this is such a well-worn aphorism that you probably would not be surprised to learn that there are lots and lots of studies um, done to either prove or disprove the notion that money doesn't buy you happiness. So let me just share a few findings with you. Life satisfaction does tend to increase as a nation's per capita income rises, but there is little increase in life satisfaction once per capita income goes above $12,000 a year. So money does buy you some happiness, but if you make over $12,000 a year, you've already had all the happiness that money can buy. (laughs) Why does increased income have so little effect on happiness? Well, the research results show that relative income, rather than any certain level of income, affects well-being. If you get richer than your peers, you may feel better off than they are. But soon you'll make richer new friends. So your relative wealth won't be greater than it was before. And also, people quickly get used to all the new stuff their money can buy. And the amount of money people say they need to be happy rises along with their income. When you start making more money, you spend more time making money and have less leisure time than you did before. Um, To quote from this one paper, the activities that higher income individuals spend relatively more on of their time engaged in are associated with no greater happiness, but with slightly higher tension and stress. So focusing on the illusion that money makes you happy may have an unexpected side effect. It may make your life worse. This focusing on illusion may lead to a misallocation of time uh, from accepting lengthy Commutes, which are among the worst moments of the day, to sacrificing time spent socializing, which are among the best moments of the day, one researcher observed. The long-term effect of income gains becomes relatively small because attention shifts to less novel aspects of daily life. So researchers have also studied people who've gotten windfalls to see if it affected their levels of happiness. And they found that they did experience some immediate short-term happiness. However, they found that a windfall of less than $2 million is unlikely to have a lasting effect on personal happiness. And experts found a strong marriage and a good health were more likely to make people feel content than money. So, the conclusion of all this research, if you make less than $12,000 a year or unexpectedly receive more than $2 million a year, 
then money can buy you some happiness. But if you fall in the middle range, and I don't know how many of you do, between $12,000 and $2 million, the research is clear. Look elsewhere for happiness. It is clear. We know it is true. Yet people still like live like they think money can buy them happiness. Like how many of you think that in the future you will have more money than you have now? I mean, that somehow you'll have a better job or you'll inherit money or you'll get a raise or whatever, but somehow in the future you will have more money than you have right now. Everyone believes this. You know, not only is money a false god, but we're also looking forward to the coming of a false messiah. The more money messiah. The messiah will come in the future and save us by bringing us more money. The Proverbs and the research tell us, do not look for that more money messiah. Do not wait in hope and hope for future salvation. Live now. Look elsewhere for happiness. But wait, how about wisdom? What is this wisdom that the Proverbs and the Psalms and Ecclesiastes talk so much about? Like, let's say I convinced you on the truth that wealth comes from wisdom, and you want to get in, get on board with her, right? This wisdom. What do you do? You get wise? You wise up? You study the Proverbs? There are some people who don't see the Proverbs as just a random collection of folk wisdom. They find in wisdom the very opposite. They find wisdom, who is often personified and always as a woman, to be a reference to a feminine divinity, Sophia, the Greek word for wisdom. Some go so far as to include her in the Godhead along with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. I mean, if there's a son, why not a daughter? Some link Sophia wisdom with the Holy Spirit. Others see Sophia as sort of a female Jesus. Um, The word of God, yeah, Sophia as the second person of the Trinity before the incarnation. If we read on from today's text, I can see where people might get those sorts of ideas. (coughs) Excuse me. Verse, Verse 18 says, She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. The tree of life from Genesis, the giver of life. Jesus says, I am the life and the truth. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. So the world was created through wisdom. John tells us that all things were created through the word. (coughs) Female Jesus, Sophia, wisdom. So that's how I'm reading wisdom. Excuse me. Let me refocus. I'm trying not to cough. Um, I'm reading wisdom this way, that there is a sort of prefiguring of of Jesus and Jesus' proclamation about the way of the kingdom of God. What we find as wisdom in the Hebrew Bible, we find as the way of the kingdom of God in the New Testament. In that way, the wisdom of that way, Jesus tells us to rest on these commandments. Love God with all that you are and love your neighbor. Do this, Jesus says, and you will have fulfilled all the laws and the prophets. It is what we continually find as we look at pardon me. This is what we continually find as we look at money and look at the economy. 
that they are markers of or instruments of or symbolic of the ruling system of the way the world works, that way which governs all we do, but is contrary to the kingdom of God, contrary to the way that kingdom works. We have a way, we have this false god of the world and his more money messiah. And we have a messiah that says true wealth comes from love, loving God and loving your neighbor. How much money does that cost? This is how much money I will always have, is what we should say now. Reject that false money messiah. Say, this is it. I will never have more money than I do now, so we can just move on. And we can just worry about loving God and loving each other. And I think that will bring us true happiness.